1: In order to understand anxiety, we must first understand that it is a normal response to stress. A person who feels anxious is likely facing a new and unknown experience. If you think back to a time when you applied for a sports team, attended a job interview, or met someone new and unknown, fear and anxiety were likely present. Stress signals are sent by the body to keep you safe and secure. These signals inform the body that something is out of routine or that there's something that needs to be taken into consideration. These signals aim to keep us out of dangerous situations and out of harm's way. In the course of our daily lives, we are subjected to these stress signals over and over again, which can be a problem for us when we become anxious. We are at an unhealthy level of anxiety when normal, daily decisions overwhelm us. What can we do about it? Valeria interviews Eric Gilbert, He has helped hundreds of adults in youth dealing with high levels of anxiety, stress, or fear to be more calm and confident. Eric understands firsthand what it's like facing debilitating anxiety. As a child, Eric hardly spoke. It was through family counseling he learned about how his level of anxiety affected his social interactions, moods, and explosions of anger. With this personal journey, he pursued professional training to earn a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, certifications in life coaching, relationship coaching, cognitive behavioral techniques, and more. Eric brings an uplifting Christian approach for relieving stress and anxiety developed from over 10 years work in the areas of mental and emotional health. The rising calm process Eric developed helps you to rise above anxiety, to experience love and success in all areas of your life. His work focuses on taking you from anxious and stressed to calm, centered, and focused. No matter the situation, work, school, social gatherings, heated arguments, tight deadlines, placement exams, etc. The process involves learning and practicing effective ways to calm your mind and nervous system, even in anxiety-provoking situations. Eric treasures helping people to rise above the storms of life and experience a greater level of peace and purpose. Meet Eric at risingcalm.com. Here's the interview with Eric Gilbert.
0: In your own words, who is Eric Gilbert?
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Valerie, for having me here. Um, So, yeah, my name is Eric. I'm currently in my mid thirties here. Um, The middle child with two brothers and with being in the middle, it's made me a little bit aware of the dynamics between others. Right. You know, my older sibling, was more of the focused on hitting his goals. He kind of knew what he wanted to do with his future when he was 15, 16 in high school, with wanting to become a lawyer. My younger brother was a little bit more just fun, having a wild and fun time. Mm-hmm. But for me, being in the middle between that, I had to learn ways to bring my brothers together, have my family be together. So a lot of times I like to say, if you've ever played with like connects, those toys, You know those little pieces that help connect people together? (laughs) Those little placers? I'm kind of like that. I'm a person that tends to be a connector. I tend to be able to help people with what they're going through in their circumstances. And usually I'm able to help people who want to restore relationships or just feel better about who they are or understand more of the purpose in life with being able to have those kind of positive changes.
0: That's beautiful how you knew like something in you already guided you to, to do what you're doing today. That's amazing when we think about it. Do you call what you do now uh, these days, being a therapist, a life coach, a relationship coach, do you call it a purpose, a mission?
2: Yeah, I think it's all those things. Definitely it's a purposeful work for me. And don't get me wrong. There was a couple of years when I was doing this especially in my twenties where I took a step back and took a break for a while because it is difficult. You know, you get some real things going on in people's lives where they might be heading towards a divorce. And sometimes when people are hurting, right, you might've heard this phrase, hurting people hurt. Right. So sometimes, unfortunately I I'm a sensitive person too. I'll just say that flat out. So if somebody you know, I wasn't able to help them. I wasn't really connecting the way that I hope they're going through a lot emotionally. And then they say something maybe hurtful towards me. I kind of took it too personally during that time early on in my career. But I I believe God oriented me back towards it. He brought a way of reconciling me back towards being able to do this. I did make a transition from more of a therapy approach, um, talking about understanding the past and the things that we've gone through and talking about traumas and I've made more transition to coaching which seems to do better with my personality it's more of how can I make these changes what are the practical steps okay I know I've been through a lot in the past but I also want to know what can my future look like what am I capable of and I seem to just vibe well with people headed in that direction and seem to like Experience a lot more joy in what I do now.
0: Joy, that is um, a beautiful sign.
2: Thanks. That's my youngest name.
0: Oh my God, really? Yeah, it's a beautiful name. Too. Yeah, just by looking at it, like I said about your, um, your company's name, your website, and the program you have, Rising Calm, that mm. has such a energetic force. It feels really good just to look yeah. at it. It's amazing. Joy, it's another word.
2: Thank you for saying that. I haven't had like a whole rebranding as part of my uh, process of just being able to spend time with God asking, you know, how did you shape me? What are the gifts you've given to me? Who are the people you desired me to work with? Uh, Because sometimes if I just ask myself that or if I ask other people, sometimes I got more confused. I got more.
0: Right. But um,
2: I believe that God really helped me to get clarity on, you know, Eric, something you struggled with most of your life has been anxiety and I brought you through a journey of how to be able to make improvements and be able to understand more of yourself. And that wasn't just for you, but it's being able to help others as they've wrestled with anxiety as well.
0: That's another powerful, I would say, suggestion. But some of us have actually even lost this uh, connection. With mm. God per se, unfortunately, or the spiritual world of with who we really are. So let me ask you an open question about God. From your perspective, what, where, and who is God?
2: Yeah, thank you for asking. It's okay if I be hundred percent honest.
0: Oh my God! Yes, please, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> it's, it's been a journey for me. You know, um, my simple answer would believe be that. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that I see him as fully God, fully man. He's the person that um, came as God in the flesh, died for my sins, the things that I've done wrong with my life, and that his resurrection from the dead also means that I can have new life by his Holy Spirit. Um, Now, I've had years, especially in my 20s, where I wrestled with that. Um, Going to a public university, meeting all sorts of amazing people from different backgrounds, beliefs, parts of the world. um, wrestled with a lot of the questions of like, God, what can this mean when some people come from a background where maybe they never even heard the name of Jesus? Or the church that they went to was really damaging and even caused trauma to them, you know? So fortunately, I learned that God's not scared of those questions. You know, Sometimes if we're feeling like our relationship with God is so distant or it feels like there's been nothing happening there, it's gone stale for years, I had to just learn to open up myself to God and say, well, God, this isn't pretty, this isn't kosher, this isn't beautiful, what I'm thinking right now, but here is me in the raw trying to express to you all this pain and confusion that I'm having right now. And I found that God was able to answer me out of that
0: whirlwind. That's really beautiful to hear that because, yeah, there's a trillion times to that connection to God, which is within. is Yeah, that's a, a question that I often ask. I asked you just now, where is God? Would you say everywhere, within, everywhere you can look at it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I believe that God is everywhere. You know, that um, even for people who don't necessarily profess the name of Christ, but if they're genuinely living in love and genuinely doing things of kindness towards one another, I believe that God had a purpose and a way of bringing that forth. And I can see God's goodness from those things.
0: What about those who are doing quite the opposite, causing pain to themselves and others and uh, Mm -hmm. making the world not a better place, but a more chaotic place? Would you say that they have not really paid attention to it? They are not aware of it?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a difficult question. I wish I could say 100% this is how I see them. I would say just the biggest thing I usually try to feel towards them is compassion. Um, I I believe it's rare for somebody to just go around hurting people unless they've been hurt first. Uh, Even just early attachment experience from parents of not feeling loved or that they had to strain in order to survive, that can have a huge impact on how somebody navigates life and how they see others.
0: Right. So what gets in the way, it's blocking that vision of God, that connection is pain. That's why we are talking here today. I have this podcast. (laughs) It's all about healing. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Yes. Uncovering, kind of clearing the way so we can see what's there. And more often than not, and from my experience, it has been the case all the way. The more I, I clear myself in a sense of healing, the more love I have to give to myself mm-hmm. and others. And the more beneficial work I do in this reality. So that's why I do what I do today. And I really, really thank you for doing the same, Eric.
2: Sure. Thank you for what you do. You make this whole process possible.
0: Yeah, I said that off record, but this is something that I don't get tired of saying. <laughs> Thanking people for what they do because, wow, we need that. We, it's really, really needed. Um, so another open question. How do you define mental health? What is to be mentally healthy?
2: Hmm, I love that question. I think it starts with self-awareness. Is someone who is mentally healthy, You know, depending on what stage you are, if you're a toddler, you can only have so much awareness if you're a child, you can have so much awareness if you're a teenager, but you have some level of awareness of your inner thought process. Um, Another word for that is cognitions, the way that I tend to think about myself, the way that I tend to think about others, the way I tend to think about capabilities, the way I tend to think about what the world's designed for and my place in it and how the world works. So somebody that I see is mentally healthy has been able to examine those kind of things and been able to receive honest feedback from others that's given them awareness of who they are, of who others are around them, of of what the world is, and they have a sense of, I know how to be able to navigate in this world. And I believe even if challenges come my way, that I will be okay and I'll continue to love others in the midst of challenging moments.
0: So in a way, it goes back to this recognition, the uh, capability um, to love, to be kind uh, Mm -hmm. to ourselves and others, doesn't it? It has been like my conclusion in a way, although I don't like to conclude anything, (laughs) but yeah, mental health being related to love. I love that answer, Eric. Thank you for the confirmation on that. (laughs) And another open question is about the purpose of the human experience. What do you feel that is?
2: Oh, man. I would say there's multiple. You know, probably the greatest one that I honestly know of is giving glory to God, is is my belief. Um, And I say that because if you think of maybe the person that you admire most and what they've done in their lifetime the chances are they've done amazing work right they've probably made a difference um, in your life maybe thousands of others and yet if you zoom out to the depths of the universe right and you think about how huge and vast it is they're just one person on a planet at one time they made a difference and yet, as vast as the universe is, there's still so much more taking place, even outside that person. So when we bring glory to God, the, the creator, that is going beyond ourselves from one point in time and place and saying, I'm pointing to God, the one that made me, and this gets to bring forth for all eternity to all places of the universe, to all beings, that I don't even necessarily speak their language or know how to communicate with, because I'm going to the source, to the Father of it all.
0: When you say glory to God, you use that phrase. How, How can we interpret that? What does it mean?
2: Glory to God, another word I think of is being able to honor God or being able to have a right understanding of God. So being mentally healthy, right, I talked about was self-awareness, awareness awareness of others, a true understanding of things. Glory to God is also a a true understanding of who God is and the purpose that he's given to us with our lives, where I can, with the best of that understanding, worship God for who God really is and also live out with the abilities that he's given to me, the life that I have in the here and the now, moment by moment.
0: So in a practical way, it um, sounds very simple to me, Eric, which is living this life that's spiritualized. It's, uh, it, kind of, it starts with the mind, our thoughts, being aware of them, as you just mentioned mm-hmm. about mental health. And then just bring it down to the moment to moment, our actions, our words, our decisions we make, Absolutely. right? Spiritualizing everything.
2: Yeah, you know, it makes me think of uh my dad for a long time he was talking with God and felt that God was calling him to become a pastor. Um and yet at the same time, my dad married to my mom and has three boys to take care of, right? So the hard part was he kept struggling with saying, like, Well God, how can I bring you glory if I'm just working in the IT profession? If I just am trying to pay bills and take care of my family. And the beauty is that all can bring glory to God in great ways, no less than somebody who's officially in the ministry. Um, so that's that's the powerful part. Right. If, no matter what stage of life we are, where we're placed, what we're doing, that if we if our desire is to honestly say, I want to seek God and I want to be able to live my life in a way that helps others to experience his love and goodness then wherever we're doing, whether it's even something as simple as taking care of an elderly parent in their last days, that still has amazing purpose and amazing beauty behind it.
0: A lot of times when we think about unconditional love from the human perspective, it seems impossible. But when, if you think from God's perspective, then it becomes possible because uh, this experience here is really it looks like unconditional love. I mean, we are here experiencing all this. It's a beautiful opportunity to um, to just be and be with, right, in, in a sense. Although I tend to not believe, I tend to contemplate the idea that we are never separated from God, that God is always present, always, always. The truth was never hidden. It's always here, but we just fail to see a lot of times.
2: Yeah. That's the amazing part of even when it comes to anxiety, right, is with my journey, the more I try to resist it or think that it's wrong for it to be here, I shouldn't feel this way, or that my circumstances are out of control, or that if this person rejects me, it will be the end of life as I know it. The more that I resisted it, the more it persisted the worse it would get because I kept raising the stakes in my mind and my emotions. So all that does is gets me more into a fight or flight mode. My life is online. I'm in danger. <laughs> Red alert. Right. But when we make that shift, like you're saying, unconditional love, when I turn to myself and say, Eric, Hey, just so you know, I love you. Even when you're feeling like this, I care about you even when you don't know what to do. I care about you even if you said something stupid in front of thousands of listeners, right? If I can be that champion in my own corner in some ways and turn to myself in compassion and be like, hey, I'm still so glad that I I am who I am. I have the life that I have. Boom, anxiety lessens so much because now there's acceptance. Now there's kindness. Now there's a, not a fear of rejecting the self, but instead there's comfort. There's kindness. I It switches me out of that survival mode. Is Eric going to leave me if I don't perform well enough? Is it going to be the end of me as I know it? Into Now I'm unconditionally loved, so no matter what I say, what I do, how I feel, how I react, I feel safe. Now I can think clearly again. Now I'm out of my limbic system. I'm back into my prefrontal prefrontal cortex, and I can think clearly right. of what to do in the situation.
0: Talk to me about the rising calm process. I know it has four steps: name it, claim it, tame it, and aim it.
2: Yeah, uh, this is so neat. You know, this is something where um, I kind of took the combination of my years of wrestling with anxiety, um, the modern uh, literature and studies and research of how to handle anxiety and try to find something. What is a straightforward way that I can handle this that can help just about anybody, no matter the situation you're going through? So the rising Calm process, I wanted to make it something so simple that even if I'm in that limbic system, right, if I'm in that survival part of my brain, I can remember these four steps and I can get myself to switch into more of an emotionally safe, secure, and clear state of mind and emotion. Okay. So, yeah, let's walk through it real quick.
0: Yes, please. Yes.
2: So the first part, when I start to get stressed out, the first thing is the earlier that I can notice it, the better things are going to go for me. Okay. So I just need to name it. I need to name what it is that I'm feeling. Let's say it's anxiety. Um, if I have anxiety, I tend to get it in a certain part of my body in a familiar way. I don't know if you know what yours is, Valeria, but mine is uh, my stomach starts to lift up into my chest.
0: Yes, I feel the same way. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then uh, my throat can start to feel like it's closed or dry. Um, and then sometimes I even get pressure like around my chest, around my eyes. So. If any of those things start to happen, right, what can help is I turn towards that part of my body. I just name it, and I say, you know what, this is anxiety. It's my old friend. It's come back to me in this moment. And I like to put my hand on that place that I feel it. So that way I'm acknowledging that it's there. I'm not squeezing the life out of it and not punching myself (laughs) right. right. I'm just putting my hand gently there, (laughs) and I'm trying to tell myself, hey, it's okay. Um, there's a powerful part is, and we'll get into this with the third step, but touching my body helps with motion in my body and motion helps to shift emotion. So the more I can just get in contact with what's going on, name it, then it helps me to be able to go into the second step, which is to claim it. Um, which you probably could see is just like, I'm claiming this as mine. I'm turning towards it and I'm accepting that it's here. So kind of like we've been talking about, if you resist anxiety, no, you can't freak out right now, Eric, you can't be anxious right now, it's not allowed. If I tell myself that, what's it gonna do? It's gonna double down on me, it's gonna get stronger, it's gonna get worse, it's gonna be more persistent that it's here to stay, it's gonna dig in its heels. You know. So all I gotta do is just claim this thing. Okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. And I could even try to talk with myself of how that makes sense. Hey, you're doing an interview right now on a podcast. It's live. You have to be able to come up with words in real time to explain a process that took you years to be able to yeah, develop.
1: Yes. <laughs> you have
2: to be able to do it well so people can do this wherever they are, even if they're in the car. Right? All I'm doing is just helping myself to understand how it makes sense that I feel this way. It's my friend. It's not my enemy. Anxiety is not my enemy, right? Now the third part is just being able to tame it. So my favorite way to try to tame my emotion isn't just to try to talk to myself in my own head. I actually like to be able to shift my body. And it's for that reason I was talking about. If I get in motion, it's more likely to shift my emotion. So like for example, when people get so worked up into anxiety, that they start going into a panic attack. Or yeah, no one's ever actually died from a panic attack. It's just that we freaked ourselves out so much and convinced ourselves that we're going to die that we put our whole body into lockdown. Even though I'm breathing like crazy, I can't get oxygen. Everything feels like it's falling apart. It's because I made all the wrong motions with my body that got me into a hyper panic mode with my emotion. So the inverse of this is true. If I get myself into healthy emotions, I can get myself into a healthy emotion about the situation. So I've got two different examples for this. Uh, one of these would be if you are by yourself or in a place that you feel comfortable when you can move whenever, however you feel like it. The other one is if you're in a public setting and um, you want yeah. it, to like keep your cool in front of other people. Right? Both pretty important. Um, So the first part is if I'm by myself and I'm starting to get anxious, I want to open up my body. Like I said, I tend to feel this in my stomach, in my chest. So one of my favorite things to do is open up my arms as wide as I can, just use my full wingspan and allow myself to try to breathe and visualize that breath going deep into my belly. And if I'm really worked up, I'll even shake out my arms. I'll shake my head back and forth. I want to imagine, like Taylor Swift said, I'm shaking it off. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Shake this thing off right here, right now. Okay. So that helps me. And the more that I believe this can help me, I'm in control. The more likely it's going to do just that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hey, it's okay. I've got this. I can tame it. That's the third step. I'm taming it right now. Okay. I'm shaking my body out. It's going to be fine. Okay, so what do I do if I'm by my, I'm like if I'm in public then what can I do in front of others? So um, if there's a spot next to your palm, like if I, if you open up your palm in front of you, and then you look at where the center of it is, and I want you to go a bit. If I'm looking at my left hand, I want I want to go a bit to the left of that towards my thumb. Okay, there's a little gland in there that if I squeeze it. And you probably will feel a little bit when you get there. It feels like a little bit of a round ball that's in there. But if I squeeze it, it sends a calming signal to my whole body that helps me to just chill out. You don't have to squeeze it very hard, but it should be firm. And so what you can do is if you're in the middle of a business meeting and you're really anxious because you have to be the one to present or answer a question on the spot. Or if you're the person that, hey, I have to give a speech for the class right now you can still do this really subtle maneuver in a kind way to your body that helps send a signal, you're okay, just calm down. And of course, you can do that same thing with the breathing. Just keep taking those deep breaths as well. Visualize your stomach filling up with air. Your whole body's going to want to shift towards a more peaceful state because you're in healthy motion, you're in healthy ways of dealing with this. And then the question I like to ask myself to help myself once I've done this with um, healthy emotion, is I ask myself this question: What's good and true right now in this moment? Anxiety, depression, all this stuff gets me thinking about what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with others. Why is this the most terrible thing? I want to flip the script on that and just ask myself the opposite: What's good? What's true? And it doesn't have to be anything deep, okay? So I, a lot of times I might say hey, you know what? I like the shirt that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's okay because it gets me back to reality. It gets me back uh, yeah. to like here right now that I'm not actually in danger of my life or anything right now. I'm just feeling anxious or self-conscious. And now I got my lucky shirt on, cool, you know, or the sunrise right now is so beautiful outside. Whatever it might be, these things that are true get me back to reality, get me back to what's happening in the moment. You ready for the fourth step?
0: Yes, sure. (laughs) So we've
2: named it, we've named it, we tamed it. Then the last part is we want to aim it. So this is where we finally get to clarity to be able to say, okay, so what am I going to do? What is the best step forward? A lot of times when we're too anxious or we're too depressed or any other state of emotion that we're too worked up, we try to do this part first. We try to aim it right away. And the problem is we're not in the right part of our brain yet. We're not in the prefrontal cortex where we can answer this. And so we freak out because we can't answer this properly. Uh, so for the aim of part, now I want to get to more of like the solution. So what do I do? And the way I like to phrase this is I like to ask myself, Hey, what would my friend do or say to me in this situation? Okay. So uh, Sometimes I try to think of one of my friends that I think is like really wise or maybe a mentor to me, somebody that I look up to. Right. So right now I have a mentor coach that I work with and his name is Lance. And I appreciate a lot of his advice. He's lived a good life. He's uh, been able to raise healthy kids. He's got a great marriage, you know, and um, sometimes if I'm feeling stressed out, I might ask myself, OK, what would my friend Lance say for me to do right now? Or if Lance was in my shoes at this moment, what would he do? You know. And then the, usually the, the thing I ask myself, is, is it best to approach it? Do I need to be able to actually handle the situation? Like if I'm anxious because somebody is saying something mean about me in front of others, maybe it's time to be able to stand up for myself and just realize, yeah, if Lance was here right now, he'd tell me like, don't take that from them. Go ahead and let them know the truth of the situation. And don't let them walk all over you, right? Or if it's not best to approach it, okay, this is something that's out of my control. The boss just suddenly decided to move up the deadline two weeks when we thought we had a whole month to be able to work on this. Now, instead of approaching it, I just need to adjust my focus. Okay, it's out of my control. I can't change what the deadline is. I have a new deadline I have to work with. But let me focus on... What's the deliverables I can do today? What's my first top priority in my this new deadline? Nice. So those are the four steps.
1: It feels
0: very calming, though, even listening to you go through them. Yeah, that's interesting to observe that even the voice plays a part because you're explaining a process. But it's uh, amazing to see how even the, um, the instrument that's being used to explain that. It kind of um, inspires trust. That's what mm-hmm. it is. I felt calm. I mean, I'm already calm. Now I'm extra calm. I'm almost <laughs> in meditation mode.
2: Oh, you're so kind. You're like so good at giving specific compliments.
0: That's how I'm feeling. That's the feeling now. So I love that, Eric. You also include meditation. Is this something that could become a meditation app or a, meditation, a guided meditation Also, rising calm.
2: You know, um, a lot of times when I work with clients and I'm doing coaching and everything, I ask them about their experience with meditation. Um, Because clients I work with, some of them never have tried to do meditation in their life, you know, and others are like, yeah, I do an hour a day, you know. So it can be quite um, a variant there. And then I try to have specific tools that I can recommend to them related to meditation. Um, I'll be honest in my journey, right? I'm not the guy that can sit. Well, first of Mm all, so I'm not the person that can (laughs) sit in like a yoga position uh, for like an hour because my hips, my knees will die. (laughs) 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 Uh, But I I purposely slow down through my day and I like to use an app called Abide. It's like got Christian meditations on there where somebody helps to talk with you about a specific character of God or a specific area you might be wrestling with and be able to give you insight and help you with even breathing deep during that lesson. So I try to help people all the way from never practicing it before to people who are really well-versed in it to be able to just move even just one more step into it than where they've been before.
0: How do you integrate the Christian faith into your work? How do you actually talk to your clients? Yeah, how do you do that?
2: Yeah, so we always start with dignity and respect towards the person we work with, right? So if somebody says, you know what, I don't follow Christ, but I do want to be able to um, just get better at handling my anxiety or just have a better relationship with my significant other, we make their priority our priority, right? So you never preach at somebody, we never try to convert somebody, anything like that. Um, Now, somebody says, you know what, I am a Christian, and I know I'm trying to live this thing better, then we will say, okay, it's okay if we use some scripture while we work together, it's okay if we pray with you. Um, Because even the power of prayer, right? Aligning our wills together towards God, and saying, God, do a supernatural work in me, beyond what I can do for myself that's a powerful place of submission that can lead to powerful results you know um, so we we like to pray with people they are open toward that and then um, we do just try to talk with okay are there are times in scripture in the Bible that we could learn maybe from David in the Psalms how did he handle it when somebody like King Saul was literally trying to kill him and trying to throw a spear at him to destroy it. And then he got all these troops to try to hunt him down in the caves. You know, Talk about a level of anxiety, right? How did he cope with that? How did he still find a way to praise God and find joy in his life in the midst of having the promise he's going to become a king and being afraid for his life at the same time?
0: Wow, so that's a, a very good way also to guide others into understanding themselves when in this state of anxiety, I never thought it that way, but that makes sense. And even when we think about Jesus Christ, right? in history, the what he went through, that it's hard to even put that into words what was the feelings in the moment, right? He,
2: yeah, a lot of that that opens up for people is forgiveness, you know? Uh, like the ultimate demonstration, right? where he's literally dying on the cross. And he's not committed a crime to be up there, but he's dying a criminal's death. And he says the words of God forgive them, the people that put him on the cross, for they know not what they do. Like the ultimate demonstration of forgiveness, right? And And the neat part is we get to see people, you know, if they work with us and they're open to what we're saying, we get to see them unlock that power of forgiveness, too. Well, now they might feel physically more healthy than they have in years, you know. Or now they find they, they can actually be in a relationship without being afraid of running away. So it, it is awesome. Thank you so much for mentioning that, which just Jesus' demonstration of those things.
0: And thank you for mentioning forgiveness, because that to me, it's a huge component of unconditional love.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I imagine you've had a powerful journey yourself if you went through that abuse and everything. If there's multiple times and multiple ways you've had to walk in forgiveness.
0: Right, yeah, Eric. And I wonder, I wonder if some of us don't go through this, and why do some of us go through so much suffering and some of us don't? <laughs> like the question about anxiety that I had here for you is, does everyone experience anxiety?
2: Yeah, so... Um, I guess I'll start with the easier question.
1: First.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So everyone does experience anxiety, right? Anxiety itself is not unhealthy. You can have healthy levels of anxiety, which you know if you're at a healthy level, if you have the ability to take appropriate action to the situation when it arises. Right? So if I get anxious because suddenly I just remembered that I have a homework assignment due at nine AM uh, in the morning, then I can get anxious and that stress causes me to be like, get your homework done, Eric. Boom, get out your book, get it done, right? That's a healthy reaction. Now, where it gets to be a disorder is, okay, I've got this homework due and now I've started to imagine, oh, I'm going to fail out of school. Oh, nothing's wrong in my life. Why can I never remember this stuff on time? I'm a disaster. I have no point. Who am I kidding? Why am I going to school? Nothing in my life is going to work out. Like, I've taken the situation, I've blown it way out of proportion to the point where now I'm not even taking action anymore. I'm not even getting out my book. I'm just getting myself worked up into knots and making everything so much worse on myself. So that um, that's the easier question. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> now, and I
2: understand. Part <laughs> of one, <well>, <laughs> need to have an exhaustive answer that's going to cover everything on this, but you know, with the question of suffering, why do some people go through more suffering and others go seemingly through less? I guess I'll say it this way. Um, Part of trying to follow after Jesus is having the humility not to know all the answers to the ones, um, but to try to trust in just the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is like his ability to choose or to do things in the way that he has chosen to do it. You know, So if there's a natural disaster that destroys my house, in the midst of that, I would try to trust in two things. God, there must be a sovereign reason that this is happening. And I don't believe God's spiteful that he purposely said, I'm going to destroy Eric's house to make his life miserable. I don't
1: believe that.
2: And I'm also going to trust in the goodness and the love of God that he's going to find a way to bring me through this. Um, and I've heard it said this way, you know, sometimes people will say for those who have gone through suffering and been able to come out on the other side. You'll notice how much more meaning their life has, how much more appreciation they have, how much more presence they have, how much more compassion. they have. There's all these things that come out on the other side Uh, for the people who have suffered and been able to come to terms with it, come to peace with it and help others in their suffering compared to the ones who had a very, um, I guess, for lack of better words, like a cushy life, a comfortable life. You know, that's the interesting part of Buddha's story, right? Is um, at least traditionally from what I know, Buddha had the story of having everything and his father didn't want him to experience any pain. And he was lost, didn't find purpose, wasn't happy. And then he saw people outside of his home, the the gate that he was at, and he realized the suffering that was in the world, in the pain. And he went to that place, entering into the suffering. And then his life had purpose. And then he was able to experience all the way up to nirvana,
0: right? Right. So in a way, it seems like suffering is um, the door to God. It really seems that way, although I I like to believe that there must be a different way (laughs) of accessing God without going through all these um, pain and suffering, without even being in the human body. But then without being here, there wouldn't be the experience of even knowing what God is. Yeah. It's another podcast episode for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You can have me back. We can do I know. Oh my God. I could keep going forever. So we're almost at the end. I had so many other questions here for you. I love the blog posts you have to ah, on your website, What is Anxiety? And you have um, another one. That one, that post, you actually share a quick 10 question self-test to help everyone to access their levels of, of anxiety, which is a very interesting tool to have. So mentioning that now, I'll give, uh, we'll mention the website in a moment. And then you have um, also another blog post that caught my attention was the the top 10 daily strategies to reduce anxiety. So you actually sent that to me, those blog posts to me. And then what caught my attention with this one was the number one strategy, quiet time with God. That stopped me when I read this, because it is so true. We get so busy that we forget that we are connected to something that's much larger than, than this experience here. That's very interesting to see how easy it is to forget by being so busy every day. It's
2: so powerful, you know, get outside of ourselves and just our circumstances and go to God. Now there's infinite resources at our disposal to be able to shift whatever it is that we're facing.
0: Right, right. And I do trust that that whatever is happening, if we are feeling lost or we are looking to be found, all this is part of the process of getting to the light, of returning to God. I really believe that. I trust that. It's not even a belief system. It's a trust thing from the heart. So let's see um, what are the good ways to improve. I love the uh, the some suggestions you give. Uh, some of great ways to improve our emotional and mental health. And then you mentioned meditation, breath work, which you have talked about today as well. And then of course exercise, uh, the self care, um, also activities, eating healthy, gratitude is a big one. Sleeping. Oh gosh, um, yeah, that's it. Really makes a big difference on <laughs> sleeping.
2: It does, you know. I remember a time during college and uh, shortly after where I was like, you know what? I only need six and a half hours sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know where <laughs> I got this idea. I think I was yeah. watching too many YouTube videos of like <laughs> five thirty yeah. in the morning and yeah. the day. <laughs> you know? uh, but I started to realize, man, my life satisfaction, even my uh, productivity went down when I forced myself to get up too early on too little sleep. And if I slept longer, if I for me, a healthy level is like around eight hours. Um, I had a better attitude. I had more clarity. I could make better decisions. I was more present with other people. And so I just learned to embrace, you know, it's good for me to be able to get a good amount of sleep each night.
0: And going back to what you said powerfully about... Being in connection with yourself, like not asking others or going outside for answers, but going inside because that's how you listen to the voice of God, by going within. So I love that powerful suggestion because it is true from my perspective, it has been. I usually, when I have any questions, the issues that's happening in my life, any anything, I always go within. I never call anyone and then I, the answer is there, <laughs> it's always there. So I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, Eric, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid for today's conversation?
2: Oh man, um, let me see. Anything I felt like? Oh, you know, um, part of the title of what I had for the topic is anxiety. How do we handle this fear of? our modern society of being ghosted by somebody being canceled by culture or being abandoned by someone or being flat out rejected, you know? Um, I imagine some of these listeners are just kind of like, man, how do I handle all these issues of what our culture could do to us now to basically close us out from other people or make us irrelevant or make us seem ignorant in a moment's notice, you know, cause I posted something on Facebook or I posted something on Instagram in the middle of the night without thinking, you know? Um, so a short answer is be able to know your worth. That's the first step. Know your value because you are a human being just as much as anyone else. You have intrinsic value. You have are just as valuable as name the person. Um, Elon Musk, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh Gandhi, whoever that person is, like you're just as valuable because they're a human being just like you. Um, then the second part is don't I've at least for me, I really struggle with being a people pleaser. I want everybody to like me. I want everyone to agree with what I'm saying, I want to please everybody with what and uh <laughs> man, modern society, look at American politics, like you can't like good luck. You know, it's like, so decisive right now it's like it's so uh, divisive where everybody's just choosing a camp to be in and no one wants to hear the other side that uh people are going to try to pull apart what you're saying and get offended because they want to get offended you know so the the part in that is to be able to find um who you, your people are so to speak or find those people that are in your inner inner circle of your life that you're like i believe that I can really be myself with this person, and I believe that they are really themselves with me, right? And it's okay if that's one person, three people, don't expect it to be more than 10, you know? Uh, Brene Brown talks about, she gets a little slip of paper like one inch by three inches wide, And she she (laughs) says, write those names in there because that's about how small it (laughs) is. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah.
2: So that's the the second part. If you're afraid of rejection and everything, just realize your worth, realize the people in your inner circle. And then the third part is uh, being able to believe that no one, it's, it's more valuable for you to be true to who you are than somebody could take away, than it would be to be accepted by somebody. OK, another way of saying that is if somebody rejects me, that damage is less damaging than if I am not true to myself. If I compromise who I really am at my core just to try to please them. Like, um, OK, so for, for example, I feel a little self-conscious that I'm saying like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you need to follow Christ. Right. Uh, knowing that some listeners are probably going to be like, well, no, I don't believe that same thing as you, Eric. Um, So there's a part of me that's like, oh, man, I wish I could say, you know, believe whatever it is that you want to believe and it'll work out for you. Right. But there's that inner part of me that if I know I say that I will have sacrificed what I believe to be true and sacrifice that part of myself for the sake of trying to make somebody else feel more comfortable or more uh, or get them to like me more. So in the midst of knowing that I could be rejected right there from saying it. I still say it because I know it's a core principle of who I am. So, yeah, thanks for asking that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you for mentioning I have that in front of me, all that. And um, I was about to say it and I look at the time. Oh, no. (laughs) We are (laughs) are out of time. But, uh, yes, I remember when you sent this to me, actually, the title, Anxiety, the fear of being ghosted, canceled, abandoned, or flat out rejected. I laughed because, like, Who thinks that way? It's like, oh, no, I cannot believe it because I don't watch TV and I'm very much outside of this. Oh, good for you. Of the, let's say, uh, the world that most people are connected with. I'm not disconnected, but I I choose to do these things, to have conversations here with you, to write, to focus my attention to other things. (laughs) So I'm not really. And I didn't know that this actually happens. At this collective level, you call the culture cancel culture. I never heard about this before.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, if you ever have uh, like, oh man, I I guess a recent example is Kanye West, right? He made, I don't even know what he said because I don't follow the media very much myself, but he said something that was anti-Semitic, like against Jewish people, right? Um, And so cancel culture is like, okay, he's going to get, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't get dropped from these places, right? Like probably what he said, if you know Kanye West, he says some crazy stuff. Um, but cancel culture is, you know what, you said this, and so now we reject you, and anything you say is irrelevant to us. You canceled. So now he's lost like sponsorships. I don't know how much business he's lost or whatever. Um, but I think this this happens a lot, especially for teenagers, young adults these days. Um if they can have this fear, if I just say the wrong thing that doesn't fit in with my peer group, I'm never gonna hear from them again. You know, friendships can feel really shallow and they can feel really short lived. Um, so that's why it's important to get to that core of who really are the people that have your back. And it's like, I remember as a teenager, I was more embarrassed of my parents, but looking back now, it's like, I'm so glad that my mom and dad had my back you know like <laughs> what a blessing to be able to have them in my life sure they weren't necessarily cool and they didn't have it all together but they were people that were going to be with me through all the seasons in my life uh, you know most of the people from my high school I don't talk with anymore most of the people I went to college with I don't talk with anymore but my mom and dad are still there you know
0: I love that you said that too yeah that's another beautiful message, right? Uh, those people who will always be there. I don't know what cool means, but <laughs> you said they're not necessarily cool. I don't know what that means, but I just see the the care and the love. So that's what matters the most. And I wish that for young adults and children to recognize that early on so they'd suffer less. Yeah. So, Eric, thank you so much again for being so genuine, present, and, and doing what you do. It's very precious. Thank you. Thank you again.
2: It's me pleasure. Gracias a ti, Valeria.
0: Obrigada. Ah, <laughs> so <laughs> my ending questions, I'll ask you two questions, quick questions. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful mm. to you?
2: Um, success these days, to me, I think the first part would be showing up. Am I really there? Am I really present? Am I really trying? I have two little girls now, uh, my wife and I do. And one's a toddler, one's a newborn. And let me just say it's testing for me, test my patience. I, oh,
0: yeah, I can't imagine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a blessing for me. Like, wow, How amazing to be able to enter into a child's world and have your own child to be able to remember what life is like and like see it in all its raw stages, you know? Um, so being there to show up for them, right? If I can be as present as possible to them. Um, and then the other part I think of success is, hmm, how can I say this? Um, being able to give good things and a good part of myself, um, to that person or to that situation. Uh, So if I'm in a session with somebody, did I show up? Did I really try to be present to what they're going through, understand what it is that they're facing and they want a solution with? And did I do my sincere best to help them forward uh, with making one step in a better direction? Uh, You know, my wife had a really hard day at work. Was I present to how she was feeling? Was I able to give her a massage? Was I able to comfort her with my words? Was I able to do something so that that suffering, that difficulty felt a little bit less heavy on her and I was able to share that burden with her.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah, presence, being present to what is present, right? In the moment, especially in relationships of all kinds. I agree, Eric. That's another beautiful message and much, much needed. For all of us, not just to know, but to be reminded of, because it's easy to forget. So, my last question is: What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die?
2: Ooh, um, now that is something I never thought of before. Uh, three experiences. I um, hope. Uh, yeah, for sure. One of them is I hope you had the experience of what it is to give love and to receive love. Um, I I wouldn't want you to just have the experience of receiving someone love without being able to give your love genuinely to someone else. Uh, the reason I say that is it's it's amazing to receive love from somebody, but also if you don't give your own love, you if you've ever heard that phrase, some people die with the music still inside of them. It's kind of like that. You you won't really feel that you've ever really gotten close with somebody or really let yourself be known because you never let your guard down to really love someone. And oh man, I'm kind of getting into it now. But <laughs> just realize <Good. laughs> you can still love somebody even if that's not the same person that ends up loving you. Um, so sorry if i'm getting kind of emotional about this but that's that's definitely one of those things i would hope that someone would be able to experience uh, uh another thing before someone dies i hope that somebody gets the experience to really genuinely collect connect with somebody very very different from themselves um uh, whether it's a different culture or a different part of the world um totally different age, totally different beliefs or background. Um, But to realize that even though there might be so many differences between you and the other person, that you're still able to form a genuine connection, that there's still something valuable just because that person's another living, breathing being that you can share together.
0: It sounds very spiritual. Everything you say, it's uh, highly spiritual.
2: The last one would just be to to really really experience and serve God you know I would hope that for every person in your lifetime you get a chance to really be like yeah God showed up in my life in this way it rocked my world it changed everything and now I live differently because of that
0: The realization uh, but listening to you everything you say everything you said before that even it already sounded like God's presence
2: the highest compliment I received that's very kind of you say that
0: That's always already there How incredible. Thank you so much again, Eric, for your presence here today, for being present, for doing the work you do, for sharing wisdom, timeless wisdom. And everything else in between that could be felt—the meditative state that you put me in, <laughs> the calm state—it's <laughs> really beautiful. Thank you so much again. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, your services, and future projects?
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking that. Uh, the easiest way to find us is RisingCalm.com. R-I-S-I-N-G, calm, C-A-L-M, dot com. Um, you can also email me directly, info at com. Those are the easiest ways to be able to get in contact with me right away if you'd like.
0: Wonderful. I'll have your website link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Eric, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Eric Gilbert and his work, please visit RisingCalm.com. To learn more
0: about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.